The Holy Gospel for today is found in the Gospel according to St. John from the 20th chapter beginning with the 19th verse. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the temple authorities, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed into them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. In the first words of the very first story that is recorded in the Bible, we are brought to a place very much like this. The storyteller says, in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Watching the wind sweep over these waters of the Pacific Ocean today and feeling it on my body as I stand in this liminal space where land and sea overlap, I am mindful of the ongoing process of creation that is happening right here, right now. And it isn't just something that I'm experiencing in God's creation all around me. With every breath that takes this wind of God into my lungs, I'm also experiencing the life-giving and life-sustaining energy that has been present since the beginning of time. And with every breath that I take in, I remember where my life comes from. And I remember that I would not exist without God, nor would any other living being, nor would any of this creation all around me. That is the truth that is recalled so eloquently in that second creation story in the Bible that we heard today. After fashioning an earth creature out of the moist clay made from water and earth, much like this clay and earth right beneath me here, the storyteller says that God then breathed the breath of life into its nostrils. And that work of art became a living being. Maybe it's like that first full breath of air that we take into our lungs after leaving the womb. And when we do, we become intimately connected not only with others, but with the whole earth and even with the whole cosmos. It's no wonder that religious traditions throughout the world recognize breathing as a spiritual exercise. I'm sure that many of you have experienced that through meditation or yoga or any form of spiritual teaching that guides us into a deeper awareness of our breath as we inhale and exhale. And given its sacred origins, it's not surprising either that breathing is a way of welcoming peace into our bodies. When we are anxious or stressed or even in shock over something that has happened, one of the best things that we can do is simply breathe in and breathe out in a deliberate and mindful way. And it isn't just humans who need to breathe in and breathe out in order to live. 
We are learning through science that the whole earth breathes in and breathes out in a holy exchange of air. I wanted to come here to the Washington coast today so that I could stand between the two great lungs of planet Earth. On this side of me is the ocean, which breathes in a large portion of the carbon dioxide that is in the air, and then breathes out at least half of the oxygen that we humans need to survive. It's actually the opposite of what we do in our breathing. As I'm sure you know, we breathe in the oxygen that is in the air and then breathe out the carbon dioxide that this ocean needs for the well-being of all the marine life that exists there that uses carbon dioxide and energy from the sun in the miracle of photosynthesis. I remember learning about that in school and being struck by the scientific side of that. But now I am even more amazed at the relational side of it. To stand here and know that I not only need the ocean to sustain my life in every breath that I take in, but that the ocean needs me to sustain her life in every breath that I breathe out is to enter into something profoundly sacred. And the same is true about my relationship with the trees that blanket the Olympic Peninsula on the other side of me as I stand on this holy ground. They and the plants around them are the second great lung of planet Earth. Like the ocean, these trees and other plants throughout the entire world take in the carbon dioxide that we release in our breathing so that life-giving photosynthesis can occur. And then they too give us back the oxygen that we need to sustain our bodies in every moment of our life. When this works as God intended, it is a peaceful coexistence that is truly remarkable. But it's impossible to talk about that without naming and acknowledging what we humans have done to threaten this peace. We not only breathe carbon dioxide into the air in proportion to the needs of the planet, but we add far more of it by combusting fossil fuels at will and by our dependence on industries that pump other greenhouse gases like methane and hydrofluorocarbons into this pure air at levels that have put the whole planet in peril. Just last week, the World Health Organization released a report which said that air pollution around the world right now is actually worse than everyone expected. Within the global community, nine out of 10 human beings now breathe air that exceeds the World Health Organization's guideline limits for pollutants. And it's clear that the oceans and forests are also suffering greatly from this crisis that we have created. So what will it take to bring us and all of creation back to a place of peace? In our second reading today from the book of Acts, it took a violent wind from God to shake people out of their old ways and fill them with a new spirit. I know that many feel it is too late now for that when it comes to the harm that 
already is caused by our old ways of polluting the air that the whole earth breathes. But I want to hold on to the radical hope that change is still possible and that we can be like those first windswept disciples who felt the power of God all around them and deep within them. And I want to hold on to the hope that we can be like the disciples in our gospel story for today, whose lives were changed when Jesus breathed his own spirit into them on the day of his resurrection. By what they had done and, more importantly, by what they had failed to do, they had played a role in Jesus' arrest and his trial and even in his condemnation. In their minds, I'm sure, it was too late to do anything that could restore what was lost. But then Jesus broke into their place of fear and did what God has been doing since the dawn of creation. St. John says that Jesus breathed into them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Like that first full breath of air that we take into our lungs after leaving the womb, it filled the disciples with what they needed to live once again in the way that God dreamed from the very beginning. It makes me want to pause right now and take some moments to breathe in that same life-giving spirit and then in breathing out, give it back to creation. And wherever you are, I invite you to do that with me now. It helps by letting your whole body welcome the peace that God longs to give you. You can relax your shoulders and let your body become as comfortable as possible. And then start by taking a deep breath in through your nostrils and holding it for about four seconds. Then breathe out through your mouth for about the same amount of time. We can do that a few more times, and with every breath that we take in, let's remember today where our life comes from. And with every breath out, let's be mindful of the life we are giving back through all of who we are. I know you don't need a pastor to teach you how to breathe. There are countless people and resources online that do that so well. But I'm hoping that we can let this universal practice take on special meaning for us today as we remember the sacredness of our own life and the intimate connection that we have with other creatures and with the ocean and the forests and with all that God has created in love. I'm hoping too that our breathing every day will become a way of welcoming the spirit of Jesus Christ into our lives as a source of transformation and renewal and then of giving back that spirit to the world in hopeful expectation. I know that many of you have experienced this welcoming and giving in your own personal lives and through your life of faith. There have been times when you have needed forgiveness 
You have needed mercy. You have needed patience. You have needed consolation. You have needed strength. You've needed compassion. And as you breathed in the spirit of Christ, you received those gifts, perhaps in ways that you even were not able to expect. And then, by the grace of God, you have given those gifts back to others. Because you breathed out instead of holding them in for yourself. You have been a part of God's healing of the creation of other people, the restoration of life within our human family. And that gives me profound hope today as I think about the life that we also share with the ocean and the forests and all living beings. In a beautiful prayer that I read this week, the author echoes that by saying, in this gateway onto what has never been before, let our soul breathe hope for the earth, for the creatures, for the human family. Let our soul breathe hope. Thanks be to God. Amen.